You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad and Declan Goff. And Declan, I'm going to break something out in honor of the Wild already clinching a playoff spot last night. Okay. um, Through their victory with the Sharks. Hopefully you can see this okay. This is a throwback. This is a 2003, I think it's sponsored by the Pioneer Press. It's very dirty. It's grimy and it's old, <laughs> but it's it so the 2003 dirty? State of Hockey flag that the Wild passed out for fans to wave during their uh, playoff run, which, of course, went back then to the conference finals. Very mm-hmm. few Wild teams have deserved that, that type of respect, but seven consecutive wins, playoff berth clinched. Uh, this team continues to play for the most part. They get outshot, but I honestly don't care. Uh, for the most part, they continue to play well, and... You know what they got, Declan Goff? They got a superstar. Superstar. How much fun is this? Like you, you keep saying this, and you're right, but it's great. You keep saying every time we talk about Kaprizov, it's gold. Like people flock to it, and I keep saying, you know why? Because he's basically take your pick. He's Randy Moss too, right? Like he's that good. He's changed your franchise. He's changed your franchise completely. You know, I keep going back to this. This is what you hockey fans and sports fans in this state deserve. You deserve this. Enjoy this. You have not a good player. Fial's a really good player. Like, he's a good player, right? This guy's not a good player. This guy's a bleeping superstar. Yeah, it's it's awesome watching him, man. It's It, it goes to the point where if you get outshot and if you had the right circumstances around you, you can overcome these things. And that's why he's not only the rookie of the year. Like, I don't want to hear any more chatter about... Um, what's his name from Dallas? See, not, he's not even on my radar. Jason Robertson. Yeah, Jason a Robertson. Very nice season. Not even on my radar. Not even. Not even. Because if you remove Jason Robertson from the Stars, guess what? The Stars are who they are. That's like that, that. That's exactly the point. If Kirill Kaprizov's removed from this team, maybe the Wild are flirting with the Coyotes right now for that last four spot. You know, like they, they're not as good as they are without Kaprizov right now. And he's literally lifted them up. And yeah, it's Randy Moss. It's it's the equivalent of having a hockey version of Randy Moss. Justin Jefferson, I think, is a star for the Vikings, right? Like it looks like he has every makings to be a yep. very good wide receiver and a good player in the NFL for a long time. I think yep. Anthony Edwards has, has a fun ceiling too for Timberwolves. He's probably lesser than, than Justin Jefferson's maybe ceiling, but still a, a fun guy to have and maybe build, build your team around. What Kaprizov is doing for this franchise who has been so starved for a player like this it's insane. Like, you know, you, you, you see it with Buxton a little bit here now, right? Like, even though the Twins are off to a poor start, like, you see it with Buxton when he's healthy and he's on the field. You see the impact. Okay, uh, we can get there. But, like, what Kirill has been able to do, and the hype was always so real, and he comes in right away, and it clicks. There's no learning curve for him. He's literally playing with Victor Rask, Judd, and he's scoring 20 goals in over an 82-game season. He's flirting with 40. Imagine that. Like, like he is, he is single. I know how as much as we rag on Victor Rask, and rightfully so, he is single handedly keeping Victor Rask in the lineup and being paid. Like, I don't think I don't think we've ever really had that discussion. That he is literally the only reason Victor Rask is playing right now. Yeah, and the problem is 
you know, if they had, and, and I, I tweeted this a couple of nights ago, I think during the Kings game, but if they had a cent, like if they had a true one, can you imagine this guy with the true one? I and I mean, Kaprizov, the incredible thing is, and I think this is what gets me so excited about watching him play. The incredible thing is all the attributes and intangibles that he brings to the ice. Um, he works his ass off. He's a superstar talent. He he will go into corners and guess what? Ordinarily come out with a puck. Um, he will he will on the power play occupy that bumper position, which is you know you, you get your butt kicked at times. Doesn't care. He will facilitate goals. But what I love now and what's changed from the start is. He will facilitate goals until he sees that guys can't score. And then he's like, screw it. Give me the puck now. And I'll go. And I felt like the first 12 to 15 games, he was like, oh, no, I'm still going to pass to you. And now he's like, ah, no, I'm not. He he had a goal. Uh, one of the two goals, I think, oh, it was the second goal he scored against the Kings on Friday night mm-hmm. where it was on a power play. And he was in front. And there was a guy you could see him think about passing. It might have been Fiala. I forget. But you could you could see the gears grinding, right? Sure. And I think the first fifteen games he passes. He's like, okay, I'll pass the puck. Now he's like, now now I'll shoot. And Dex, that first goal he scored was ridiculous. Mikey Anderson is still at at the Staples Center trying to find his jock. Yeah. I mean, he he lit, That's the definition of turning a guy inside out. So, so I think when when you get into sports too, to be fair to. Uh, the guys that we're talking about here. So when Moss came in the league, the league wasn't really prepared for Moss. And so Cunningham could throw that ball to Moss almost at will. And because the league hadn't progressed to, oh my God, we, we've got to have an answer for this. You could throw Moss the ball almost continually and it just kept working, right? Well, fast forward, what, 22, 23 years now, Justin Jefferson, you can't do that with. Like Jefferson's going to be covered at times, and he's really good, but he can't he can't tell Kirk you're going to throw me the ball every time, right? So he can't control his own fate as well, and and the game has definitely shifted. And it's basketball; he can control his own fate, but he's definitely to what you're saying, Dex. He's not where Kaprizov is, and he shouldn't be. He's 19. Um, he might be tracking there. I have no idea, but. For as much as you can control your own fate in basketball, Ant's just not the player that Kaprizov is yet. And Buxton can do what he does, but again, it's baseball, so you can't you can't say I'm going to, to hit one through nine, which would be nice with the current state of the Twins' <laughs> offense. Um, Kaprizov literally can take control, and I mean, this all comes back to why I keep saying he's the best player in team history, and it's not really close. They've never had a guy. I mean, Gabber couldn't do that. We've talked about this. Yeah. Um, he can take control of the game. In, in so many different ways, and he's really comfortable doing that. And that's why, like, this shouldn't be a debate about how good is Kaprizov. This should be a debate about, oh, my God, we're wa- we're watching for what in this state and for this team is a generational type of talent. Absolutely. Um, when, when, we, when we first were trying to get our preseason predictions of him, like, you know, is, all right, we know he can score goals. We saw that at the KHL, KHL level just on the box scores and whatnot. But can he skate? Can he move? Can he facilitate? You know, guys have come over from Russia and have just not panned out before. They go back home and they're they're again superstars in the KHL. It is a different league. It's the second best league, a uh, professional hockey league in the world. But it, it's a, certainly a different league. But he comes in right away, steps in, and he looks insanely comfortable. Yeah, part of it has to do with his age. Yeah, he's 23, and I know there's some flack about it. How come, by the way, I tweeted this out on Friday. 
I don't remember this being the case, and I and it's a pretty obvious rhetorical answer. Panarin also won Rookie of the Year with Chicago at 23. It right? actually was controversial. I, was it I controversial? It, yes, it wasn't. Um, I, I think I think we're in on, on this because it's a player in this town. Yeah, but yeah. I googled it, and there was controversy. But you're right; it's a complete parallel. Yeah. Same age because Kaprizov is is going to turn 24 Monday. Happy birthday to him! Uh, Panarin won the award at 24. KHL guys, I believe Kaprizov was six years. I think Panarin was part of nine years total. But yeah. anyway, the parallel is it's the exact same thing. And here's the thing. The National Hockey League, and this is why you have to vote for him. You can't pass your own rules. The National Hockey League says if you've played, I think it's 25 or more games in a professional league, you aren't eligible. But they don't see, and I don't know why, but they don't. They don't recognize the KHL as a professional league. So it's their own fault. It's sure. their fault. In, in fact, they, they used this very uh, thing in 79-80 against Gretzky. So Gretzky had played for in the WHA the mm-hmm. year before, and the league said that was a professional league. You can't win the Calder Trophy. Ray Bork won it despite the fact that I think Gretzky tied for the league lead with Marcel Dion with like 135 points. Right. But they passed that rule. So this is to your to what you're saying. Like this is the league saying no, we don't recognize the KHL as a true professional league. Therefore, Kaprizov. If if you don't vote for him, I think you should lose your vote. Like that, it, it's just it's you're basically saying I don't care what the rules are, which means then you shouldn't be voting. And if the league wants to clean the rule up after this season, I'm fine with that. But it's not cleaned up now, so he wins it. Seal absolutely. Bye. Yeah, and and all and all of his metrics are there. I mean, he's playing a ton right now. He's playing 18 minutes a night. He has 22 goals in 47 games. I mean, I know they're slowly allowing fans in back into the building, but I mean, imagine this place at full capacity, 18,000, watching him play night in and night out, and how good the Wild have been to on home ice, which they've traditionally always been, but lately they've kind of slumped a little bit over the past years. And yeah, those flags would be waving. It's it's impressive, man. Uh, everything is clicking with him. Uh, he's shooting the puck a ton. He's converting a ton of goals. He can play all facets of the ice. He literally is everything that this franchise has been needing and wanting for a long time. And I know we're, we probably won't get into it today, but that's where when this season does end, how you identify and find that number one or, or at least some center to actually yeah. give you more depth because it, it would be a crying shame to go into the go into the next season with the same roster, which, by the way, they won't. I'm, I'm not advocating that they will. Right. Um, but with, if Rossi is indeed medically cleared to come back and you can find someone to supplement, I mean, my God, now you're not, not talking about the Wild being a nice team. You're talking about the Wild potentially being a very, very good team. They're a cup contender, right? Yeah, they would be. I, I think the one thing that's going to hold them back from being a contender right now, and, and I could see them winning a series. But I think the one thing that's going to hold them back is I think it's going to get very difficult when you start to play the best teams. And, you know, if you are going to throw Rask out there, he's going to lose. And he can't keep up, Uh, which is why I keep saying that despite the fact there are some that push back against this, um, I would give Sturm a look-see there because he's got the speed and he can at least move with the game. Uh, what's going to happen when you're going potentially Declan against, you know, the Avs or Golden Knights and it's Rask and it's the playoffs and it's a long series. He like literally can't keep up. He's a fourth line guy at best, if not a press box guy. Uh, and, and look, it would be, and Bill Guerin's going to get Caprice off some help, but it would be malpractice if you didn't, because I mean, this team cannot 
only be high powered and fun. This team can, with the right people at center, make a Stanley Cup type run. I'm not talking about a series. I'm not talking about two series. I'm talking about the Western Conference eventually representative in the finals. Because why not? If you've got, if you've got right now, uh, defensively, the blue line is really, I think, good. It's really solid. I mean, you got six guys that you trust. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's probably rare. fairly rare, right? Very rare. If Garen's going to win um, the GM of the year, I think the reason why I would vote for him, though, goaltending. Like, he saw he saw what they did and didn't have, and the Cam Talbot thing has worked out unbelievably well. Um, Capo's good, but you've, got, you've literally gone from sitting down to watch a game and saying – all right, what's going wrong tonight? Goals anyways, right? Like what fluky goal is Dubnik going to, to allow, which he's doing in Colorado now, to Cam Talbot is incredibly solid. He's not flashy. It's not mm-hmm. sexy, but he's just damn good. And then now you've got Fiala and Kaprizov, and you've, you've got wingers and Eric Sinek that I like. So I don't see why with the way this team is geared – I don't see why you couldn't make a run. And more importantly, there's nobody, in my opinion, that you're going to lose where you're going to say, oh, my God, you lost that guy, right? Yeah. Like if Greenway gets taken or like that's too bad, but I don't think it's going to submarine your roster. I don't think it's going to submarine it either. I'm at that point, too, with the expansion draft with just how well people are playing right now that and how well the team is that if they lost Greenway or if they lost Foligno – you know, Polino maybe Polino, a little I bit don't more. Want to lose. I don't I want do to lose lo- him either. I do love him. I think he's a huge part of this team. But if they lost Dumba or if they lost uh, Greenway, let's just say one of those two, because I think those are probably more likely than even Polino being yeah. taken. Um, yeah. Those are the two that even like I don't. I'm not worried about it. I'm really not because I, I, I'm pretty convinced that they're going to get someone in free agency or trade that's going to help them down the middle. They have a nice young core of prospects who are basically ready to make the jump. I mean, Matt Boldy's playing very well in Iowa right now, quietly. We're not even talking about that because of how good this team has been. Um, and, you know, just looking at the odds, you know, moneypuck.com, which, uh, which, which does all these odds with how far teams can go. Right now, the Wild are at about a 45% chance to make the second round of the playoffs. So essentially, they're, they're addressing, yeah, it's probably a coin flip. It's probably a coin flip that they, that they win a, a first-round series at this point. But then when you look at the finals... When you look at who can make the finals from from the teams, the three teams in the you know so unco- uh, the the Western Division teams. I know we're not in the East and West right now. We're four different divisions. Yeah, it's but confusing. right but right now it goes Colorado, Vegas, Toronto, Florida, Washington, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Minnesota. So basically, Colorado, Vegas have the best two odds to win the Stanley Cup, and then all those other teams are traditional Eastern Conference teams. So that means the Wild would be, the, they're the third team, they have the third best odds right now in the Western Conference teams to make the, make the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be crazy, man. I think it's going to get really wacky and weird, and that's where, that's where I said I would be okay with maybe making a trade and making a splash because like, things are just so odd this year. I get why you didn't. I think that was the smarter move to do. I, I don't. I don't um, look at Bill Guerin and say, "Well, why the hell didn't you make a move?" And if they if they lose in the first round, I'm not going to really crutch back to that as well. It's something that'll probably come in my mind, but it, it's not going to be something that is going to really hinder my outlook of this team. I mean, God, Judd, they're like 31 and 10 right now. I mean, they're, they're almost what 20 games over 500 at this point. 31, 13, and three OT slash shootout losses. And they're and they're doing everything 
we said if they're gonna if they're gonna make a jump this season, we're doing preseason discussions. They said, well, they have to just beat up on the California teams, and you have to basically go five hundred or better against these top guys. And that and that has been the case. They they have just absolutely feasted on the bottom teams, and they've gone about five hundred. I believe they're like eight and six against Colorado and Vegas. So like they've basically been about a five hundred team against the top two teams in the NHL right here. And that's all you can ask for. That's really all you can ask for. And in one case, they've played Vegas very well. Colorado, it's mostly been lopsided. Um, I think Wild fans got a little tease in that last performance when they waxed the app. Like, you're not going to beat the Avalanche 8-1 to um, consistently like that. But it, it does prove that this team still, has, still can go pretty far. And with the Wild only five points out, I believe, of the top spot in the West right now, five or six right. points out. 70 to 65, no, you're right. They are, they're still in serious discussion to have home ice advantage through the first round of the playoffs. Like, that is still a thing. That's what I want to talk about. I, I want to talk about, so right now, the, the West Division standing decks are Golden Knights with 70 points, Avs with 66 in 45 games played. Keep keep that in mind because that's important. The Wild has 65 points in 47 games played. Um, and then and then there's a huge drop-off to the Coyotes. The Coyotes are at 47 points. They're in fourth right now. And St. Louis is in fifth, one point behind uh, Arizona. I want to get to, though, the potential for a playoff matchup if Vegas maintains First place. Okay. Okay. With Colorado. And here's the one thing. And I don't, and like, I think it's being dismissed too much across the board. Now the abs, I understand have two games in hand on the golden Knights and wild. And that's important. I'm not dismissing that, but they are also coming off COVID long break guys still coming back. uh, That they, I think they won the first game against the blues in St. Louis after the COVID their break, Last Thursday, they then lost on Saturday to the Blues. I think they're playing the Blues three or four consecutive games. My point being is in 45 games right now, the Avs have 66 points. The Wild in 47 games have 65 points. If somehow, and look, if Dubnik has to continue to play goal, this is possible. I mean, this, this, this is the X factor. But we've all seen it, and Dubnik hasn't changed. If somehow you can pass the abs and get into second place. And even if you have to play them, I do think that last change, if you have home ice is going to be huge because that's going to allow you throughout the series, starting in games one and two decks to match up the Erickson Eck line against the McKinnon line, which is going to drive those guys crazy. And keep in mind, a long series is not the same as we're going to play you eight times, but it's going to be, we're going to play it twice here, and then we're going to play it twice in a month. And then, no, I'm talking about a series, okay? And I saw I saw Walls and the Wild defensive pairing do this to Forsberg in 2003. And I'm telling you, McKinnon's got a fuse here. And Erickson Eck is a master, a master at pushing the, mm-hmm. the fuses of opposing good players, okay? So if you could get yourself into a, position where you finish second and play the abs but with home ice i think it gives you matchup wise an enormous advantage that you would lose out on if it's colorado two and you three yeah i i think if you get the home ice it changes the discussion a little bit i still think it's not saying you win i'm just yeah, saying that, exactly know. um if they had home ice let's say it's home ice against vegas i think the wild win that series um I, I know i'm not going down the path there but if they got home ice against vegas hypothetically i think the wild win that series they just played them well so well 
at home and on and in Vegas that they've matched up well. But your point about Colorado, um, you know that yeah, the Eck line is going to try to shut down that McKinnon line, and rightfully so. And Colorado's shockingly deep too. They're they are not just the one horse, one line team that they were two years ago. You know that they were just saying, "Hey, we have this one line. Try your best to stop it. Everything else is basically a wash." Well, if you stop that McKinnon line, if Eck and them do their job at stopping the McKinnon line, then everything else I think starts to really, really even out for the Wild. Then I really think they actually match up pretty well. Like the, the hilarious part about this whole thing is we talk about Kaprizov and, and Fiala, but then the role players like. Parise, Zach Parise is a role player right now. Like yeah. I, so, some Wild fans are still, I think, having a tough time understanding that, like, even though he's Zach Parise, like he is a like number four or five on the list of guys that is going to make the bigger impact on a game. And like that, and, and and I'm talking about forwards, goalies, defensemen. He is far. He's probably even farther down that list. He's a nice role player right now. And by the way, good. Kudos, kudos to the Wild, and good for Zach Parise for finding his game and understanding. Like Zach. You're up there in age. This team is heading in a different direction. It's built differently from previous teams you were on when you were here in Minnesota. You have to accept that you're only going to play 13 minutes a night, man. Like that, the acceptance of that. Zuccarello also coming back from his arm injury. And I know he got off really hot, has cooled off a bit, but is still a better player than he certainly was in his first season with oh, the Wild. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Joel Eriksson even though he's a pest, is like fourth in even strength goals this year. No one saw that coming. And then you have a really, really fun fourth line that can also go toe-to-toe with most fourth lines with your great defense and your really solid goaltending. So that's where it is. It's a big assignment. I'm not saying that Eck and that and them can just flip a switch and magically shut down McKinnon game over the Wild win that series. No, it'll take, a, it'll take a tall task to do that still. But with how volatile they are in net, Colorado that is, if, if Grubauer, um, if he starts to play poorly or if Dubnik really if they start putting him in more because they want Grubauer to get some rest because they know they're already going to be in the playoffs, it's going to cause a really interesting storyline that we're basically looking at Colorado maybe sabotaging themselves a little bit down the stretch here of the final 10 games of the season. So I, I think you're, you're right in the sense that the Wild matches up better against the Golden Knights just as far as team versus team goes. Yep. But in, in the playoffs, I actually like the Golden Knights goaltending way more. Like I th- like that's... Oh, yeah. Those guys are going to be tough, yes. and and so I think you're. I think as far as the chess pieces of the matchup go, if you're a Wild fan, you prefer the Golden Knights in the first round if you could play them. That being said, the Abs and goal are susceptible, and they could have problems. And and the more that you can get in the head of that first line, I think the more problems McKinnon's head. Lannisgog has a has a bad tendency to melt down. He's a really good player. I, I love how he plays the game. But, I mean, he has a tendency to get mad and do stupid things. So it's sort of an interesting uh, comparison because I think if you played if you played Vegas in the first round, I think you match up really well. But I think their goaltending could give you a problem. I think if you play Colorado, you don't match up great, but you would have the chance for bad goals. I will say this. The one thing that I like that I'm pretty convinced about this wild team in the opening round of the playoffs that won't be a problem that was a lot before i don't think you're going to have any question about them getting to the net and causing problems like that the whole thing that drove me crazy the blues series right jake allen stood on his head and he did play well but they didn't get to the net like they had a ton of shots in fact in fact you know what dex that series was that series what's happened is what is happening in reverse to the wild right now Look at the shots on goal. Wild's getting yep. all the shots on goal. And you're like, it doesn't matter if you're not at the net, right? 
<laughs> and now it's like, well, the Wilds outshot all the time, and it's incredible. It doesn't. It, it's one of the most overrated statistics unless you see the shot chart and you can see the zones of where guys shoot from. But I just always go back. That blue series drove me crazy because Jake Allen played really well. And, and St. Louis had a great game plan and, as, as I recall, had a huge advantage because their blue line core was a bunch of really tall, rough guys, which was great for them. Um, but that's the difference now. And I don't think there's going to be any question that when the puck drops to start the playoffs this time around, the Wild might lose. But I don't think they're going to lose because guys are trying to shoot from the circles and from the point, right? And nobody is penetrating. That's going to be the difference. And, and it's my true belief that in playoff hockey, that becomes absolutely crucial that you have guys like Greenway, Felino, guys that can get to the net. Benino, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't, he's not a big guy, but I'll tell you right now, he doesn't care. Like mm-hmm. he will go. I, I loved his his post game. I think it was, I think Benino did a post game interview with Kevin Gorg after Friday's game. And you know, ordinarily guys are like they call him K Train and stuff, and they're like, and Gorg he's great, but it was awesome. He was having none of it. Like you didn't feel good about it. He's like, yeah, we won, but the, the last thing that we can do now is be like, we want a game that, that's great because, and he's right. Because if you now basically go to, we've made the playoffs, then you let down for, well, now it would be like two weeks. Mm -hmm. So the fact is, I just, I love how this team is wired. And I love the fact that guys like Benino and Cole and those guys, they like look at a playoff berth for what it's worth. Nothing. Like you should make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, what can you do from there? Exactly. To the point of being outshot and not creating, you know, enough advantage on, on shot charts and whatnot. Um, it'd be one thing if the Wild, who are getting heavily outshot, but aren't scoring high danger goals. Well, the Wild are still scoring high danger goals. They're fifth right now in, in high danger goals for this year, according to Natural Stat Trick. And the teams above them, Colorado, the Islanders, the Lightning, the Stars. So only those four teams omit the Stars there for a bit. The Avs, the Isles, the Lightning. Those are three teams that could definitely contend on winning a Stanley Cup this year. Like, no question. I can see I can see one of those three teams being there. Um, and if you're going to be able to convert high-danger chances, well, then I don't care your outshot 31 to 23. That part doesn't really bug me. And right. then on the other end of the ice, because you have Cam Talbot and Kapu who had played very well, their high-danger save percentage, so the high-danger chances you're allowing, they're stopping those chances. So you're not, you're not putting yourself in a, in a dangerous situation for high-danger uh, save percentage. So you have to, like, take—it can't all—we've talked about this in baseball and hockey, too. You can't just look at all the analytics and say it all supports this idea. You do have to use your eyes. You have to blend both of them together. That's when the analytics work the best is when you use an analytic and you use your eyesight, you use the game tape, and you can put both of those situations together. It, it's not just one way. And, and you know what? I hate to be, and I'm the young guy here. I'm the one who loves analytics. I hate to be that person, but there is a degree to the statement of analytics are ruining sports for those exact reasons. Like I, I, even I can recognize that we can't just always be looking at the analytics. We have to be looking at the data. We have to be looking at the eyes. We have to be looking at scouting. It can't just be one thing with analytics. It has to be everything involved, putting together the perfect marriage to make right. the point correct. Absolutely. Because if you were to look at Kaprizov's stats, you would come to the correct conclusion that he is a great player, right? 
but you wouldn't have any clue about why he's truly great. Like his stats are great. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you have to watch him play and you realize, oh my God, this guy works his butt off and he goes in and wins pucks and and he knows how to, he knows how to essentially when, when he's got the puck, use his back to box guys out. I mean, it's stuff like that that puts him to me at a, a level in the conversation that transcends, you know what, he, he can score. So you're exactly right. And it, it becomes incredibly important then if you're going to blend these things to, especially in this sport, understand what the intangibles are that are important and what the, you know, I mean, and that's why, look, that's why Coyle to me, like statistically, he's, I think he's okay. But Charlie Coyle will always be a massive disappointment because I watched him play and I knew what could have been there. And so did you, you know, mm-hmm. um, Felino has become what that what Char, what we thought Coyle could be. But if you just look at his stats, you'd, you'd be like, oh, he's a, he's a nice player. Yeah. In 2021, he is a fantastic player. Why? Because he does a ton of things and he and he drives to the net and he absolutely cares. And right now. The Wild finally does not have – I don't think they have a player who has, as I like to say, retired on the job. I really don't. Parisi – Parisi's always worked. Like, that's never been the question, right? He's always worked. But last night, what impressed me so much at the end of that game was they've now gotten that fourth line and Parisi to a point. They put them out really late. And two weeks ago, they don't do that. And they do it now. Why? Because Zach has learned what the expectation is. And you're right. It's to be a role player. But he can be a really good one. Yes. But that, but that's the buy-in that leads to success. Mm-hmm. That's the buy-in. Oh, it's not about me, huh? Okay. Then, I, then I'll, jump, I'll jump aboard and do my job. Or you just get out. But the fact is, last night, that game. And, you know, Dex, third period there, uh, that Sharks game. That was a game for about three years where you knew in your soul that the Wild was going to blow that game. Like you knew <laughs> yeah. the Sharks scored once, the Sharks scored twice, and you're like, oh, this isn't good, right? And then Dubnik allows a really bad goal, and then Suter stands there and gets beat, right? I mean, those are the things that happened for about three years. And last night, for the first time in a long time, I thought, they're not going to blow, blow this. They're not right. going to come close to it. And they didn't. That's how much this has pivoted to being a different team. Absolutely. It's it's getting the guys in here like Benino and Cole um, and putting yourself in a position where you can still be a good team going forward. You know, uh, I, I know I tweeted out a month ago, like all these UFAs, you know, I, I don't think most of them are back next year. If you can get Benino back on the right, like Ryan Hartman coming back on a $1.7 million cap hit. And some again, some people just like, why are we signing bottom six guys to multi-year deals? First off, it's $1.7 million. It is chump change. Yeah, he, no, and he... he and he yes. recognizes that I could have made more money if I hit the summer. Like I'm aware that I could have made more per going on to the free agent market. I don't want to. Why? Because I am buying into what this team is building. Mm-hmm. That That is all culture right there. That is literally all culture of Ryan Hartman mm-hmm. realizing, like, yeah, I'm still 27, 28. I'm not a top-end guy. Yeah, I know I was a first-round pick, but I can have a nice career for five to seven more years here and make more money um, but by being thrown more dollars from a, from a lesser team. But I'd rather just stay here and and take a, a team-friendly deal because I know what this team can accomplish. So that, that's a good sign. And if Benino wants to sign up for that, then I'm interested in that too. Same with Ian Cole. I don't want to get in a, in a part where I'm, I'm overpaying for those guys. I don't want to be – and, and to be honest, with the way they carry themselves and the way Garen looks at them, 
he's not going to also give them a insane deal just because he really, really likes them. He's going to say, hey, here's the facts. Here's what I can give you. Agreed. Sign on the dotted line or best of luck in your future endeavors. Agree completely. Yeah, and I, I'd like to keep one of those two at the very least. Um, I just think that, that the stability that they both bring is huge. And I love I love the fact that they are no BS players. Like there is no – I. it would be so much fun from our perspective to be able to go in that room now after oh, yeah. games just to see how different the accountability is now. There would be no excuses. Mm-hmm. There would be no – yeah, I was screened. I didn't see those goals. I don't know. I mean, I made a lot of good saves, though, right? I mean, all of that, I'm guessing, is gone. But, um, yeah, they. yes, I think you just hit the nail right on the head. I don't think Bill Guerin's going to make dumb deals, but I also think that the Hartman signing is indicative of how much guys are buying in and how excited they are, one, about their role, and two, about where it might go. And this, I mean, this is tracking. I don't think that they're there yet, to be very clear. But this, to me, is tracking of a feeling of a team that can make a run. Because it's not an all-star team. It's not this, oh, we got, you know, Thomas Vanek's been added now. Now they can score more goals. No, this is very much a team where it feels like the moves are strategic, and they do need to add a few pieces, definitely. Um, But it starts with the fact that you now have a superstar player. And you exactly. didn't have this for twenty years. So yeah. Hey, well, isn't uh, isn't Alexander Ovechkin a free agent this year? Isn't he? Uh, isn't he also Oops. entering UFA deals? Does he want to come play with his buddy Kirill? I'm gonna get the flag out again. All right, Dex, <laughs> say your thing. All right, pass shoot score. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.